There's no rules! Welcome back to the No Mulligans podcast. See, first time. First time. You didn't believe in me. <laughs> I didn't believe you. You're like, hey, you're going to say I'm the waiting. Champions Playbook. You're going to screw it up. Three, four, five, or six. It's going to be like one episode where we're just super casual and I'll be like, well, imagine the ja- Oh, never mind. No Mulligans <laughs> Playbook. <laughs> yeah. I said we no Mulligans tired. Playbook there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but good. welcome back to the No Mulligans podcast. This is our uh, second episode with the new brand. Wow, that feels weird to say. Technically, it's season five of our podcast. Whoa. Which is crazy. I know. Mind-blowing. But, uh, yeah, we're super excited about the rebrand. If you guys haven't listened to the first episode of this season, we just kind of talk about uh, how far we've come as a podcast and just the the things that we've seen change across Franklin Bridge over the last two and a half years. We're currently sitting in the new studio. If you guys are watching on YouTube, which uh, you guys need to check out uh, if you haven't, um, go ahead and search No Mulligans Podcast on YouTube. We'll make sure to change everything up on, on YouTube and uh, and on Apple wow, Podcasts, Spotify to make sure that we reflect the new changes here. But yeah, crazy. welcome. Welcome to the new brand. We don't anticipate on changing this anytime soon. I mean, we went over 200 episodes with the Champions Playbook. So Imagine how long we'll go with this one. Oh my God. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the, the be-all end-all. For, how old are for you, Jack? One. 25. So when Jack's 30, we're still going to be doing the No Mulligans podcast. <laughs> I mean, think about be it, a though. big real estate mogul and <laughs> be going to stay in his, you know, we'll be retired his rental property that I he's know. got in, you know, know. Casa de Campo or wherever. <laughs> so. No, but this is great. I mean, the Joe Rogan podcast has been, he's done over, he's done thousands of episodes. I know, I saw that the other day. It was like 1,100 and something. and went, okay. You're like, wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but hopefully this is here to stay. I mean, we really appreciate you guys uh, listening, watching, viewing, subscribing, wherever you guys are doing. We really appreciate the support. Uh, I will say that if this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome. And uh, if you don't mind, just go ahead and pausing the episode, scrolling all the way down, and leaving us a a five-star review and a comment if you guys are on Apple, and if you're on Spotify, make sure you go ahead and follow the podcast so that you guys can be up to date on whenever we release new content. So follow us on YouTube too. On YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe on YouTube. That's super helpful, but uh, it really helps us for when people go and search golf podcast. You know, our name pops up. So we really appreciate you guys doing that and helping us out. So we've got big things coming down the pipe here for 2023 this swing season. A lot of things that are happening at the bridge here uh and, and just yep. things that we're super excited <laughs> if you guys can see scott's got new shoes on as Dude, well y'all i got three new pairs bro the, and they're sweet yeah they're sweet so oh. these this is the bridge pair yep which this is my these are the, my dailies let's see how flexible you are <laughs> you got the dailies Close to the camera you've got the uh the bridge red and then the just the the, the classic white cream a little bit cream. of country club feel yeah then you got the cream sole as well um, so that's great and then custom got, my joys I, we don't get anything for this but yeah custom my joys are a blast you want no to make free, your own no shoes? free shout outs no i know no free <laughs> shout outs whatever i love them but joy sponsor us um and then my next pair matches the cover of my second book which is yep. up there behind you which kind of got that that bluish, black and bluish bluish purple with a little bit of deal. red yeah. With my signet with the SH on there, yeah. So I've got my initials on them. And then you've got cool. the third pair. Then I can't tell you. We'll have to show them to you. Yeah. I'm only wearing them during major championship weeks. Yep. Um, that includes the Ryder Cup and the Tour Championship. So we got like six weeks. A so year. I got six weeks. Well, and the players. So I'll do it for the players. Seven. So I got seven weeks that I'll wear them, and I'll wear that pair of shoes the entire week. Oh, that's sweet. I yeah. won't wear anything else that week. When I go do my speaking engagements for Golf Decoded, 
I'll wear those other shoes. I remember so you uh, you, were, cool. you were telling me about them, and I was just like, yeah, that's, that's badass. It's going to go light colors like this with yeah. the red all I year. dig it. I dig it. I dig it. So, yeah, we got – I mean, even Scott's got new shoes. That's how. That's what we've got coming down the pipe. But. I, I am fun. I'm not just serious all the yeah, time. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But we thought we'd start this uh, this podcast uh, – we'd start, we'd start the season off as as a fun one. Yeah. Uh, we, we We really focus and our, and our brand is in getting better, the mindset piece, having guests on that really reflect what we're trying to, you know – tell and, and put out there in the world. And we just thought we'd start this one off. I think we should really do this somewhat regularly because one thing that I think this podcast is missing is the game, like golf as a, as a sport and as a game that it's being played now and how we can really relate to that, to, to what we're trying to really just say here on the podcast. We've seen some brilliant golf happen over the past Goodness. year and, uh, and some brilliant golf over the past, you know, the first couple weeks of the season here with uh with waste management with uh genesis um with the uh kapalua out in out in hawaii I mean, we've got some really good tournaments that have happened so we thought we'd just start out by by talking about golf where it's out right now and just where we see it going and i first want to uh say this too i finished the the docuseries full swing on netflix and uh, I haven't yet. Okay, maybe I am. maybe I'm not so fun all the time. I'm super serious you, right now. No, you need to you need to watch <laughs> it. And I'm going uh, to. it's it's a play off of Netflix did this series called Drive to Survive, which is my other favorite sport, Formula One racing, and it just kind of follows the the PGA Tour across all of the 2022 season. And just kind of the the ups and downs, the behind the scenes, what you don't see, and we'll do a whole podcast episode talking about talking about uh, the whole series. But what really came to mind is uh, the crazy year that we just had on the PGA Tour with Live, Live, and the PGA Tour, the PIP, the Player Incentive Program, everything that's happened. Tiger's gonna win the PIP again, probably. Probably, <laughs> but just kind of talking about the changes in golf and what we've seen, and it's yeah. really become a mainstream sport and a popular sport. And so I think yeah. a lot of that is due to uh, just where the game is headed so, and it's in a really good direction. So you ready for some crazy, like, fun facts? Sure. So for the first time ever, off-course golf rounds, if you will, have exceeded golf course rounds ever. So that's all like digital. That's Top Golf. That's simulator leagues. That's you know. Say that stat again. It's so over the last year. Just the last year was the first year in history. Yeah. Where non golf course rounds. Oh oh wow. Have exceeded golf course rounds. That's awesome. People are playing on their buying simulators in their house. They're playing yeah. simulators at home. Yeah. They're going to driving ranges and that have like top range and trackman range and things yeah. like that. They've yeah. got uh, all these simulator places are popping up all over the place. Um, There's a new one going in over in West Nashville. Yep. It's called the Hideout Golf Club and it's kind of like a top golf but instead of having a bunch of property it's just like simulators. Yep. And, a, and you have the like sanctuaries nearby. Sanctuary, so yeah. it sounds like they're filling up. So it's just a it's a different experience. It's um, you're seeing short courses pop up all over the place to accommodate yeah. the shorter time windows. We were even talking about to make the game easier, more more fun. Well, and we had that uh, that podcast with Operation Thirty Six yep. too, talking about uh, everything there, and that was an amazing podcast. Thinking about like how golf should be started yeah. when you're talking about starting out as a game. But and, and we Ooh. were talking too about um, 
the evolution of people considering making all turf courses too. Yep. That's, we need to do some research on that yeah. and kind of look at where that's happening. But you have, um, it kind of started, uh, with places that can't have, like, they're not growing grass very well. So they give you a piece of artificial turf and you go play off of that. <laughs> yeah. So you don't actually play from the fairway. So, I mean, the whole landscape of golf has changed, um, you could argue for the worst, for the better. I think your private clubs are still going to be your private clubs by and large. I don't know how you and argue I love, for the worst. I love going to an elite private club. Take your hat off when you go inside. Like, yeah, it's, it's got a, a whole feel. different aura of exceptionalism, not in a negative context. Like, yeah, being exceptional and being the very best that you can be. Just doing and, the small things right, kind right, of deal. Yeah, the tiniest things. You know, they have somebody yeah. to take your clubs and clean your shoes and. Like there is that element, and I love that element. But I also love going and hanging out at Top Golf. We had our um, our Middle Tennessee PGA chapter meeting at Top Golf this year, and we hung out afterward and played Angry Birds on the Top Golf simulator. I think it's fun because, like, comparing it to the kind of like a video game analogy, like you get to choose how you play the game. Yeah. Right? Like if you want to play it at a private club and you like that experience and you like the almost like the competitive, like pristine course feel like that's, that's available to you. If you just want to play angry birds on a, on a top tracer, like you can do that too. Like you get to choose how you play, you get to choose how you interact with the game. And the best part is it's so either one of those options, you can go do the other one if you want. Right. Like it doesn't mean you're locked into one style of the game. And I think, put this down right here for 10 years time. I think this will influence the way that the game is played too. Absolutely. And what I'm talking about, I mean like, you know, you might see a lot more, you might see a style of play. That's just like bump and runs with hybrids or, you know, all low shots. There's one rule. There's one rule. Shoot a lower score. Right. And so I don't have fun doing it. You said you could argue it's for the worse or for the better. I'm like, I don't know how you could argue it's for the worse. I think what you could have is like a loss of understanding the history of the game and the people that pioneered it and got it to where it is. But that's where the PGA tour comes into play. And that's why live has been so influential is because honestly, like my views on live is, you know, Whatever you want to do for the security of your family, like fine. But if you're talking about legacy, the PGA Tour will always be the crown jewel. It will always be yeah. the the pedigree that I think golf should be played on. But with that being said, too, I don't know if you'll lose the game or the origins of the game so long as the PGA Tour is still thriving. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that they were saying in uh, in the full swing docu series is like there's going to be people who want to go and secure lives for their family generations to come, but there's also going to be people who, who think that the legacy legacy. is, is even more, is even more important than that. You know, something that was really interesting. We went went down to the PGA show. um, Brooks took our whole team. It's just the attitude here, right? Like an owner, not afraid to spend a lot of money. And we were down there and we had the, um, had a couple of us that went to the golf course owners association uh, part at the start of the week. Cause we had some different objectives. Each staff member came at different times. So, um, but we were down there with the whole team. People were like, Brooks, do you know how much it costs? He's like, oh, yeah, I know how much it costs. It's not cheap. But he wants to do that. Like, that's the attitude. And Peter Jacobson spoke. Um, we did this fun, like, golf trivia thing, which was super cool. And he was the MC. And Did you do well? 
I no. I'm oh. terrible with golf trivia because I like. I I'm thought you'd most, be a great trivia I'm guy. I'm the most like non-golf professional golf professional that's there fair, is. That's fair. Like I just I don't remember the specific facts. I remember moments and things that yeah. stand out, yeah, and I don't yeah. remember the details of like who was in it. You know, I just remember what happened. Fair. The the broad stroke. Um, but he got asked the question, "What are your thoughts on live?" At the end, and it was asked to him, or he asked it. No, it was asked to him. Ooh, okay. And he said. I'm not. This isn't, isn't going to be verbatim, but pretty close. Is it's all about money now? Mm-hmm. The PGA Tour and Live. The conversation is all around how much money is this event bringing in? Look, the Tour Championship. You win 10 million. Look, we raise the purses to this many million. Yeah. It's look. Even if we're raising money, we're raising money for millions. It's. He said, "What we've lost is the characters." And this is where I think it sounds like the full swing document has a chance to kind of. Pull some of that in, yeah. in back, but it's all about the whole thing's about money. Whether you take yeah. and You're talking about golf as a whole or just live, <clears throat> right? And he's not like knocking on either of them. He's just saying like it, there's been this shift, yeah, where all of golf has become about from the professional ranks money. It's harder for guys to get out there now than it's ever been. Like it used to be, you go to Q school and you go straight to the PGA Tour. Now you go to the Corn Ferry. Well, now guys aren't even going to Corn Ferry. They're going to Canadian and Latin America and Asian and then going to Corn Ferry and then going, like, it's just, it's so hard to get out there. And that's where we had um, uh, Ryan from Monday Q last That was last a great year. episode, That was too, great. Yeah. Um, but there's just been this big shift towards dollars, 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 dollars. And but you're do you losing think that's... some of the characters, the, the Lee Trevinos, the, uh, the Seve Ballesteros, the... Yeah. Like Payne Stewart's right. Yeah, we've demonized Patrick Reed for better or worse, but like in some ways he's kind of the Seve Ballesteros. Is like there's so much gamesmanship back then that was so visible, and people were so close to it. Now it's all, you know, all politically correct, and you can't say the wrong thing, and it's all about whose dollars win dollars and how much need dollars, and like that's where, that's where it seems to focus on. Look at the purse this week. I don't care. But you could argue, too, that because the money has been such a highlight, because of that, you've created these sustainable characters that are going to be on the tour for a very long time. You talk about Morikawa, you talk about Rom, you talk about Rory, who's already been in the game for a very long time and still has a lot left to play. Yeah. And these these new guys, um, I mean, you could argue new. I, I, they're not new. Spieth, Justin Thomas. Like I see these guys on the leaderboard week after week. Cam Young, Mito Pereira is another another big yeah. one that's like start to started to come on tour. Joaquin Neiman. Like I, I I think I would argue that it's harder to get into the tour these days because the people who are playing the game are playing it at such a high level, and there's not as much it's a, turnover. It's, it's deeper. I mean, certainly the field is deeper, and once that ocean gets so deep, there's really no more room for more water. That's a good point, You yeah. know, and so it's harder to get in. Do you think you'll have to open up fields eventually? You'll have to expand fields even more? Uh, well, so <laughs> here's the thing. This this something I just thought of. We talk about live if they don't get the world rankings, will die out. What all? There's all this backlog trying to get in the PGA Tour. There's actually an oversaturation of high-level players um, I mean, remember Brooks Kepka talking about like they asked, you know, how you how would you do trying to get on the PGA Tour if I was playing on the Corn Ferry? He said it'd be really hard. Yeah, like it's hard to get out there. Like I might Monday queue into two or three events, and so you, you just kind of wonder 
is what Liv is doing, are they pulling some talent? This is an angle I don't think is being talked about. Are they pulling some talent that maybe isn't big name PGA Tour yet, but you might see over there on the Liv guys start shooting 58s and 61s, and because the format's relaxed and they can just blitz for birdies because of the team format as well? I don't know. Maybe there is something there. Maybe there's not. I don't know, but it's definitely a super saturated market. And which you could argue that I think that a big reason why Live and probably the main reason why Live has been so controversial is just where the money's coming from, right? Coming from yeah. the from the Saudi Arabians. And so my question to you, Scott, would be what if Live and you could argue ethically or not, what if Live was a tour, a new tour that was same format that it currently is, but it was funded ethically. Do you think that would be better for the game? In some ways, what you're saying is like, that's just an opportunity for talent to go out there and prove yeah. that they're better, like and and I, get world ranking points and qualify for majors, and then maybe go on to the PGA Tour after. I I think, I don't know. Uh, I mean. Ethically, as a big fat question mark yeah, around it. Exactly. You know, we could get in. We can get into the weeds in that. Right. Right. You got pharmaceutical companies pumping. You've got. No, I mean you're totally right. That's why I was like, it's debatable like, on whatever you believe. Is but. is is some of the money the PJ Tour getting actually ethical? Oh, you're you're right. I don't know. That's and we sit here. We sit here in our chairs watching on TV, and we read a news story that said it's unethical. I'm not saying that. The Saudi stuff is ethical. What I'm saying is we make a lot of assumptions with a very minute amount of information. That's true. That, by the way, is meant to be entertaining. But I guess my question still stands. If both tours were the same level of – had the same level of ethics, do you think that that is good for golf as a game? Uh, I don't know. I, it's hard. I'm uh, – I'm a traditionalist in a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, um, I find that if we don't pay attention to history, we're going to repeat it. That's actually the entire mm. human. That's the entire human existence. Is all we do is we repeat this same cycle, right? The decline and fall of the Roman Empire. That was. I started getting into history my senior year of college and just out of college. I didn't like history at all. I didn't like English either. Ironic, I've written a book. And now <laughs> you only like math, history. let's be honest. And so I asked my dad's best friend, who was a massive history buff, I said, I just don't know where to start. Like, school just confused me because I wasn't interested in it. You got world history, you got American history, you got this history. He's like, what time period are I starting? He said, I want you to read a book. Um, it's actually a series of books. It's novels called The Decline and Fall in the Roman Empire. Never finished it. But, like, the Roman Empire is probably the greatest nation that's ever existed in the history of the world, the most powerful nation. And they fell. Like, so, like, right. and it's not just, you know, I use nations as an example, but companies do the same thing. Like, we think Amazon's going to be around forever. Amazon might not be. We think the PGA Tour is going to be around forever. PGA Tour has only been around for, what, 100-something years? Like, like there's no, there's no evidence that supports that these things are going to continue forever. Yeah. And there's no evidence to support that Liv's going to continue or that it's going to die, right? It's like, oh, it started out struggling. Well, if we go with, we take that same argument with Tesla, we're be like, oh, Tesla's going to die. Tesla's going to die. Now every single car manufacturer in the world is building electric vehicles, and they're making them really good. Well, so like, but they almost went bankrupt. Well, Liv's about to go. So I don't. But so before we go into, um, before we go into kind of how golf has been the last couple of weeks. 
what would you do? And maybe there's no answer to this right now, but like, what would you do if you said, Hey, golf's in a spot where we need to improve the game. We need to continue its longevity. What would you do? I think my answer to that would be, I would do what we're just currently doing. I think we're making golf fun. I think we're making golf popular. I think we're, uh, we are holding these athletes to a standard in the same way that we hold other athletes to as well. There's a lot yeah. of people are like, oh, I mean, like, well, Mike Trout is like one of the greatest athletes alive and he plays baseball or uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron James or uh, uh, Bo Jackson. Um, I mean, I guess we're holding these athletes now, these golfers to that kind of standard. So I don't know. I think I would argue that golf is going in a great direction. I'm not going to disagree with you because I just don't know. You know, uh-huh. I just, I God, see. You're giving me the lawyer question, man. I'm trying to pull some content out. I know, I know. Uh, it depends. <laughs> it depends. I mean, But that's that's kind of the art of, you know, we talked about mastery with Jamie George. Like part of that is just the continual asking of questions. Like that's, that's the five elements of effective thinking. Like that's me, right? You're the more entertaining side. I can get into the entertaining side, but I've got to like deal with the, like I can see seven different questions going a, a bunch of different ways. Yeah. But I, I you know, I think there's a, a lot more fun. Um, we need to do this. We need to go to the cradle at Pinehurst. We need to find a time to go. You know what we need to do? So I'm going to go there for a awards banquet again in November. You and I need to make that a priority. You'll come with me. We'll stay for a couple extra days. We'll go play the cradle, which is this little short course. That's just yeah. a freaking yeah, 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 blast. Yeah. And we'll kind of look at, a different way of making it fun as well, but we should I, do, we should if we get the opportunity we should also go to Sweetens again. I think yeah oh yeah I think we should I think we can make it fun. Um, I would agree. I think we're making it more fun. I, I think that's good for the game. It's getting more people in the game. I would make it cheaper. Hmm. Um, not necessarily from the playing side. I actually would keep the prices where they are. I think that should match. I think the equipment entry. Is too high, but there are a bunch of companies. From do, you think, a, do you think the margin is there to support that? Like, do you think the the manufacturers can support a lower margin? Not with all the money they're pumping into marketing and branding and R and D and the materials that they're using. I mean, we're which using, you could you could argue that that you could argue that that's also making the game better too, right? And so There's I think so many. Factors. I think from I think from a private club fitting standpoint, it's it's a little more challenging to get people fit in the right clubs. Um, which is why I'm not dealing with it anymore because there's a lot I don't know. You know, the answer to this question, if we had the person we're bringing on for club fitting, they may say, actually, there's plenty of ways to make it cheaper. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have companies like, um, is it uh, Par 70 or Sub 70 or whatever it is? or Second seven, Swing? Seven under. There's a, they build these like black golf clubs. Oh, LA Golf? That you can no, buy online. No, no, no. So that you buy them online, you don't get fit for them. And so, oh, you're talking about something completely different. Yeah, Never mind. no, something completely different. But like, their equipment's a lot cheaper, um, but is it fit correct? You know, I, I still yeah. think your big companies own the market on fitting correctly, and so I don't know. I I would love to see more PGA Tour players coming down and going, just showing up randomly at a golf course anywhere in the country, and whoever's there to play with them, and don't tell anybody you're going to show up. Just show up and let the whole town end up showing up. You know, let let Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, like, let it do its thing. Like, y'all, Tiger Woods is at our golf course. Y'all, Phil Mickelson's here. Like, he just showed up and said he's going to play with a random group. 
<laughs> I think there's other ways to make it more fun without it all having to be behind massive marketing dollars. Like, mm. how yeah. cool! Like, you would never know when they're gonna show up. It's like, hey, we're gonna hit all 50 states this year. So interesting how how you think versus how I think. Maybe that's generational. Maybe that's time in the game. Because I also look at the people. I want to spend time with those people. Fair. I don't want to hear about their Snapchat. I don't want to hear about their story. Like, I don't. They're just normal people, and they happen to be really good at their at their job. And yeah. so that's one of the things forever. that I'm getting to see from some of my students who've already watched it. They're like, man, it's so nice to see them as normal people. I was like, they've been normal people all along. And y'all keep wearing them out. Like when you're tired and Ricky's wanting to go home at the well, final round of the tour championship. That's another reason why bad. this full swing this full swing documentary is so good is because yeah. you get to see them behind closed doors. So, And I think that's just because we engage through so much through digital media, which I have a love-hate relationship with. Well, it's also the only way to really understand who those people are, which, I mean, you can hide behind a facade, sure, but like it's the only way for Jordan Spieth to be accessible to millions upon millions of people. Like he can't just go to, let's say he does a tour across the country. He plays yeah. in all 50 States, which would be exhausting for him. Gets to play with just 40 or excuse me, whatever four times 50 is, you know, like just that many people like uh, you're dealing with small margins too. So it's like, yeah. you've got to film content around it. You've got to like, I think you might just want them in a, in a raw, in a raw, uh, unfiltered, way in some yeah, ways I, I and to me this is one of the reasons why i enjoy the podcast so much because this is the most unfiltered me that you get fair right like when people so you just want that with other people you just yeah. want that with you just want that with the big boys right it doesn't fair. have to be with all of them well fair yeah you know so, we all sit here and take this take on patrick reed we don't all we know is the couple of times it looks like he's cheated or whether he has or he hasn't doesn't matter you can make your own opinion on yeah that. but like we don't Hardly nothing else about him. So, well, what about uh, and what, same thing on the guys we think are just so great and everything's so easy and so perfect. And so, I think you're seeing some of that. I, obviously, I need to watch the documentary, right? Well, hold on here too, because I think also you don't uh, like watch as much media as I do as well. Watch, and so, like, no. I think one thing that's happened that's really cool is these other big podcasts, like the Four Play Guys from Barstool yeah. or the Good Good Guys. Yeah. Like, for example, the Good Good Guys just signed with Callaway. They just signed with Callaway, and because of just that, so weird. They get access. That's so crazy. They get access to all of their pros, right? And so they just did a uh, a huge weekend at Callaway's like launch of their new equipment. They got to play these challenges with uh, with all of the pros, like with with Rom, um, with like Francesco Molinari, and then like the Barstool guys. They're signed with TaylorMade, and so they just did. Uh, like a, a closest to the pen challenge with with Tommy Fleetwood, and uh, and they've done things with with DJ they've done things with Morikawa they've had all these guys on their long form podcast too so it's like you are like there is ways where you can have right. access to these guys in a more raw way no i i agree with that i just want i don't want that to be left to the people that oh look my podcast is great it's like oh all the people with the money are the ones that get to spend time with them gotcha that's that's my that's my piece interesting like some of my most like raw moments was getting to go to something and getting to take. So one of my favorite moments was to take a bunch of kids from restoration Academy in Birmingham, Alabama. And we took them to the tour championship. These kids were never going to see tiger woods. Mm, oh yeah. And you know what this, matters yeah. more to them than they see tiger woods on TV all the time. It doesn't matter if you do a whole docu series on them or not, or they listen to him on the podcast. They're the moment they're going to remember the most is the fact that we live in the poorest part of Alabama. We're the armpit of Alabama. 
We have no funding. Our roads are terrible. Like, we live in homes that are falling apart. And we got to go to the Tour Championship. We watched Tiger tee off on the seventh hole. We know nothing about golf. We just got introduced to it. But, oh, my gosh, we know who Tiger Woods is. Right? And maybe we know one or two other names. Yeah. Like, that is one of the reasons why Augusta is the way it is and why I love so much about Augusta is you can't just get in if you have money. It doesn't matter. You could be the poorest man on the street. You put your name in the hat, and you can win the lottery to get in to go to Augusta. And that's the way Bobby Jones wanted it to be, and that's why the price of the food there is crazy cheap. Now, it's still expensive right. in the in the right. golf shop, but... That's how they make their money. Right. Yeah. But if you want to get a sandwich and just enjoy the game in its rawest, purest form, that, professionally, that's, that's what makes Augusta so much Augusta. But I'm not knocking well, the podcast. Well, right, and form, because right? There's, there's it's, it's great to have forms. multiple ways right. to engage with the game too. So I mean, like, all in all, to cap off this kind of discussion, I feel like this didn't explain this to go this way. It's kind of fun. I, did not I like when we debate all, a little like, bit. I know, me too. We both like agree and disagree at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But also, like, I think that both of these and they can sit together. Exactly, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's because yeah. like. Let's say you can't like, and there's not a golf tournament every weekend, right? Yeah. And so like you can't, and and a lot of the times you might live on the opposite opposite side of the country that the golf tournament's in. So it's like you don't have all these opportunities for in person, and in person is the only way that you really limit how many people can get to interact and see these people. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, if you really want to do that, you can go see them. But if you just want to lay on your couch and consume some golf content that's where the content creators come in too so i think i think it's more of a symbiotic yeah. relationship rather than a uh than it's funny it's funny that you say that because when we were at pinehurst for the award ceremony that i had last year this whole conversation we cut a lot of the same stuff we were talking about kind of came up and these are a bunch of golf professionals that have won awards for various things and we uh, were in there, and one of the guys chimed in. He said, I asked my son, because he took his son to a live golf tournament, and he's been to PGA Tour tournaments. He's like, Lordy. He's like, what do you like more? He said, Dad, like, I just love golf. Like, mm. I like, like, live is different. Like, it was cool to, like, listen to music and play and do all that, but it was cool to just go to a normal golf tournament and just watch golf that way. And I watch it on my phone, and I watch it on Netflix now, and – I play it with my buddies, and I enjoy going to Top Golf just as much as I do the others. I mean, it starts to make sense for me. Top Golf is the easier one for me to relate to because when I had birthday parties, I either had to choose between the thing I loved the most, which was golf, or and the like two or three friends that were in that, or the other friends that I had that wanted to engage, but I couldn't take them and do golf. So I was in this tension of, yeah, what do I do? Well, Fair. now Top Golf. Allows me to bring my friends who suck at golf and don't care, but kind of want to like they can brag on me like, dude, you're really good, right? Like it's a, it allows you to blend non-golfers with golfers. And so we're we're debating to end up agreeing in the end that like all of it, <laughs> that all of it has its place in a way, yeah. and you could argue that live has its place too. I it, so. I would I would make that case. In fact, guess what? The controversy is part of what's ignited well, the excitement around dude, the game. That's what people I was going to say. People are staking their claim. And you it's were like, talking about... Yeah, PGA Tour. Yeah, live. You were talking about how like uh, how like you think that, that live and some of these like alternate tours might dilute 
the legacy of the game and like the traditionalism of the game. But at the same time too, when you bring a, uh, when you bring an enemy to the game of golf, as in live, you're only highlighting these two polar opposite ends of the spectrum, which makes people naturally want to pick a side, which naturally brings more attention to the the historic side. Right. Because people, I think that's the only way that people can understand where, where everything came from in the first place, yeah. too. So I would argue that Liv has given the PGA Tour way more publicity than it has had in the past 10 years. I think, to me, the one thing Liv has to do in order to be... <clears throat> I agree with Tiger on this front. Both sides need to drop the lawsuits. Stop it. Both of you agree to agree to drop the lawsuits. Let's stop that right now because we can't move forward and work together if that doesn't happen. Uh, but the other part is, for Liv, they need 72 whole events. We saw... we So, yeah. going to the start of this year, we saw Morikawa collapse in Kep, was it Kepalua. In Hawaii. In Hawaii, yeah. right? We saw Morikawa collapse in the final round, and John Rahm came to the rise to win the golf tournament, right? You could argue the same for the PGA <clears throat> last year with, Tom, with Justin Thomas coming back. Right. So, the... Without the seven, and this is the argument of like we cannot give you world rankings because it's not the same. Could argue the same thing with Rory coming back and winning the the tour championship last year too. Like, right. There's so many reasons why this, why the endurance and the 72 holes is right. necessary. And so now you can go quarters, about and in, do your deal and like have team events on like a Wednesday when normally you'd be doing your practice round or something like that. Everybody still gets to see the course, still gets to do all that, but yep. like. Yeah, you got to do something. At some point you like got to have 72 whole rounds and you got to drop some of the party atmosphere because from a mindset standpoint, it's a little bit different beast. It's not just music playing everywhere and I haven't been to a live golf tournament, so but I'm just hearing from other people and seeing some yeah. video. There's definitely some adjustment that needs to happen. So, but Live has to I think Live has to give a little in order they have to give on their design just a little bit in order for them to get some of the world rankings. Last question I have for you for this podcast. And really I, the world golf rankings really only matter for the invitational for, tournaments. For majors, yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Right, right. <laughs> like all right. just drop it. So you ready for my last question here? Yeah, hit me. I think this is a really good and we might debate on this for a little bit. So that's why I think it'll be the last question. <laughs> Do you think that the best players in the game have stayed on the PGA tour? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Here's a brain buster. I would argue yes. That's that's what I want to say. But I but I don't have a you bring s- in, I don't have enough support behind it. Yeah. You bring in let's just play devil's advocate here. You bring in a, a Cam Smith. You bring in a Dustin Johnson. Some might argue like a Sergio, although I think he's on the back half of his career, and I think everybody would probably agree. I just think that live. Oh, you bring a Brooks Kepka into play as well. I just think you 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 take a lot of these players. Mm-hmm. There's a few really elite players on the on the live tour, but I think yeah. also that live has paid a lot of money to a lot of different people just to fill up the field and make it a complete tournament. So I think there's an argument. For both sides, but I think that the ma- the vast majority of the best players in golf are still on the PGA Tour. Did you notice? I look at my body language. Like Little, I just closed off. Yeah. I, I just noticed this just a few seconds that. ago. Is 
you know, I'm not open and confident in this. You're sitting there open and confident, and I'm going, I just noticed it. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm like, whoa, massive body. I've been like this most of the podcast, like this, relaxed, and all of a sudden I close off. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I don't know what that means, but, like, a lot of times the body will tell you something that your brain's not. Um, here's a, okay. Okay, here sorry. we go. Sorry. If you're listening to this podcast, sorry for sitting in the pause, but I think currently you cannot answer that question. Oh, I'd argue that you can. Here's my reasoning. All right. I think over time you will see only the best players on the PGA Tour because the challenge is higher, and the more challenging the task, the more you grow. I also think that the best players in the world don't care about the money because they will make money if they're on the PGA Tour. I agree. So in that sense, in that sense alone, I, I think those players that have moved over that are still kind of iconic, your Brooks Kepka, your Dustin Johnson, some of those, your Cam Smith, I still think they have enough skill right now to still compete with the best in the world, and we'll see. We'll get to see that this year in some of the major championships. Um, but you give it a year, two, three, four. Somebody can prove me wrong. But when you soften, when you lower the bar, right? We're down to fifty-four instead of seventy-two. We're more playful and more fun, less focused. As a general, at the elite level, I'm not talking about getting people into the game and being fun. I'm talking about trying to move your game to the next level. One of the things that has to happen is you have to be willing to take on the hardest things. And so I think as of right now, I can't say for a fact. I think as a group, like as a if you take all of all of the live players and the same number of PGA Tour players from the top, I think it's hands down no problem. If you did those I don't know how many guys are on live. Let's just say it's 50 and 50. Let's say you take the top 50 PGA Tour players, you take the top 50 live players, and you play a tournament, smoke the socks off of them. Yeah. Not even close. Also because, like you said, the live players are, are, no longer, are no longer trying to play golf at the highest level. No. They've, already, they've taken the check. And as soon as you get that <gasps> check, it's, it happens at every level of play. They get in there. They get their first sponsor's deal, right? Rory took the $250 million. Watch, look what happened from Nike. What happened to Rory when he did that? Eight-year hiatus. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's, there's no, especially from a men's standpoint, men want to go and drive and kill and grab that thing and rein it in. Right? And when that thing's, there's nothing to drive for, which is why Tiger was so impressive. I was literally about to say that. It's why Tiger is Tiger is because he, he did kept, not care about the money. He did not all, care. I want the next. I want to win the next one. I want to win the next yeah. one. And His it, metric for success was different. Right. And even once he got the thing that he wanted, it wasn't the thing because he always had another thing beyond that. I won one. That's just another one under the way to the next one and the next one and the next one. And these guys are taking that, that relax. As soon as you lower that bar – People come down. I can tell you that for a fact. Like that is proven time and time again. Now there is a fun element. Sometimes we forget to have fun with the game and you can play poorly because you're so focused on trying to be perfect. However, I would take the the route of making it harder over the route of making it easier. And I think they've done that. And I think over time we will see. But if you just take like if DJ and Kepka and Cam Smith play in the Masters, they'll make the if one of them beats one of the top 
you know, Rory, Rom, Morikawa, Homa. If they beat them, they'll be like, we're better. I was like, you're still the top three that shifted over. Give it two more years and you won't be. Yeah. Because the, Which the, is fine. the PGA That's guys will continue do. to push and the live guys might not. They have to. We might see a steady – and another argument here is you might see a steady decline of these live players. I don't I don't know if you'll see Kepka in in his four major stretch. I don't know if you'll see Cam Smith win another Open. I don't think you'll – You'll see a DJ be a world number one again. Like they're not hungry anymore. Exactly. There's no. There's no hunger. They got the check. There's no hunger, and so not that know, they were struggling beforehand. No. But still, no. yeah. Um, guys that have to fight more, and they tend to be really good. And we just talked about it being saturated. The market being the market being saturated for professional players. Those guys leaving, man. There's a whole crew right behind them ready to fill in those spots. Like. Yep. Maybe one of those guys is the next Brooks Kepka, the next DJ, the next. Which is interesting because I think that's why you see like Nick Taylor, these, uh, the Nick Taylor for our guys. You see like the the Sahith Tagala. Mm-hmm. You see like the Mito Pereiras. You see like these new um, Homa like coming up and really becoming a guy. You know, and, and Homa's hilarious. I like I like his like he's a different. Yeah, he's playful. He's hilarious on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's very unassuming, but he's starting to come into that limelight a totally. little bit. And as a different personality, it's so cool to see him. You know, Rom is very much um, a Raymond Floyd. Like, go read in the World Golf History about Raymond Floyd, and you'd be like, man, that sounds exactly like Rom. And then you have a Scotty Scheffler who oh, just Scotty. looks like the happiest person on the planet, yeah. regardless of whether he shot 80 or 60. Like, he's very just joyful about the game two different two different personalities yeah both very successful and yeah. very dangerous yeah yeah <laughs> if yeah, you're yeah. playing against them yeah so if they're on your team i'll take them but no i think it's uh it's a good conversation for sure yeah and and we uh we talked about we had a live podcast when it first started becoming like a big deal and to be completely honest i don't know if we had enough information at the time to really have arguments one yeah. way or another and so i, I think it was don't. a little difficult and so i think this episode I know we were going to talk about a bunch of different things, but I think this was a great, like a great uh, live versus the PGA Tour update, if you will. This will be here's my hot take for the year. Watch for. We'll revisit this at the end of the season. Watch out for all these, like no names. Ooh. This could be the year of the nobodies becoming somebodies because of these opening slots. And these guys just kind of taken off and over, and they see a guy like Nick Taylor. It seems impossible to beat Raman Scheffler. It's just like, well, if he can do it, it's like the four minute mile. They are beatable. He went toe to toe with Scheffler. He didn't beat him because he had a three shot lead on him, but like, he was toe to toe with the best in the world. I don't know. This could be the year of the nobodies becoming somebodies. There's also to to counter that point. There's also something to be said about how much time you've spent in the limelight too. You can yeah, have all the I talent agree. in the world, but you got to have at least some sort of uh, coming of age well, story. It was Max Homa winning the Genesis two years ago, right? Right. You, you talk know. about uh, Scheffler going on that that five to eight week burner at the start of last year, right? Like, but they've all been out there much longer than we think they have. Totally, totally. So I mean, I Homa's think first year on tour, this. I think it made like twenty eight k or something like yeah. that. No, I, I think it was less than that. I think you're going to so. see some nobodies win tournaments or top five, and there's names that are going to become more iconic. Yeah, 
Yeah. That you're like, who? wait, who's that guy? We might Why have to give it a couple there? years' time, but I do agree. I think we will see like a new era of golf. And we have like started to see that too with like a Morikawa, with the Homas, with the Schefflers, right? So it's like – And Rory's kind of – like he's kind of towards the tail well, end of I think of Rory – I mean, he's, not that you can ever compare him to Tiger, but he's kind of inheriting the throne right yeah. now. And, yeah. and full swing kind of alludes to that kind of at the end how now Rory is kind of the gatekeeper for the PGA Tour for this next generation. And you so. have you have your kind of big three are kind of – him, Rahm, and Scheffler. Those but, are kind of your big three. Yeah. And you have, it was like, you know, Palmer and Nick, Nick Jack Nicholas, and like you had this, you have these big three, and now Probably you have. Lee too. What? He was six time mm-hmm. major winner. So. so who are, who's coming behind them? They're all coming into their. Yeah. Their golden their, years, if you say. If you yeah. Know, their prime. Yeah. So, all right. Ending this one. What what is one prediction for this year on the PGA Tour? It can be a person, it can be a tournament, it can be whatever you want. One prediction. Max Homa wins a major championship and one other event. I want to say two, but I think that's a that might be too much. You know what? Let's do it. I think he's going to win a major championship and he's going to win two other events. So he'll win three. You know what mine is? <laughs> this could be the the worst prediction in the world, <laughs> or it could be like, damn, you got it. Uh, Roy McIlroy wins the Masters. Ooh, <laughs> man, Tiger, Tiger, if he plays in it, top twenty-five. Fair. Roy wins it. Tiger top twenty-five. Would that be uh, Roy McIlroy uh, Grand Slam that? too? Would that be a Grand Slam for Roy? Uh, I think that's a career Grand Slam for yeah. Roy. It's the only one he hasn't won. I think he would do it. Because he's won, he's won uh, three tour championships. He's won how many majors? Three he's or four? He's won the PGA Championship. He's won the U.S. Open, and he's won, he's won British the, Open. He's won British Open. So Masters would be career Grand Slam. Ah, I'm excited. Lots to, go, lots to come on, uh, on this season of the No Mulligans podcast. Super stoked to have you guys with us. This was a, uh, an absolute heater to get the year started off with. I'm open again. I'm good. Here we go. We're good. We're all good to end <laughs> the night. I love it. So uh, thanks so much for being here with us on the No Mulligans podcast. Remember to uh, leave a five-star review and a comment if you're on Apple. Remember to follow the podcast if you're on Spotify. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube No Mulligans podcast. Uh, make sure to subscribe to that. Leave a comment for what you want to see in this year's content. And, uh, man, from Jack, Scott, and our new guy Tate here behind the boards. Uh, We'll see you on the next one. Peace. There's no room.